Welcome back to Calling an Audible, everyone. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving and enjoyed spending your paychecks on the very next day on TVs, video games, and all the steals of the year. Today we're going to highlight some NCAA news, and I'm sure Travis is going to really enjoy the news we have for you guys today. Uh, we have some more NCAA unfairness, some MLB topics, some stuff about the Twins. There's a new MLB team supposedly in the mix. We'll talk about that. And then we got some short NFL and NBA information as well as NHL. We're not going to do MMA today unless Travis has got some fights coming up. No, the fights suck this week. No, so no fights for MMA. Travis doesn't like them. So we'll just jump right into it and... Well, the battle for Paul Bunyan's axe did not go according to Minnesota's expectations. Nope. Greg, I want an apology, first and foremost. I am not apologizing for anything. Please? I mean, that was I will route. admit that Wisconsin is the better team. Thank I you. I will not I'll apologize for any of my actions prior to that game. I mean, if you... That was a... Those are tough conditions to play in. Do you watch yeah, that, that game? Yeah, absolute the BS. Blizzard? The Blizzard? The Blizzard Bowl, whatever you want to call it. That favors that favored Wisconsin in every sort of way possible. Well, see, the way the game started out, because I watched the majority of the game, the very first drive for the Gophers, that was great. Touchdown. It reminded me a lot of the Penn State game. Yep, and then for whatever reason, the Gophers' offense couldn't get past that defense. Yeah, I mean, especially they were able to get pressure on Tanner Morgan, and if once he was – all year he's been comfortable in the pocket. When yeah. he's comfortable in the pocket, he's been able to make good throws and find Bateman and Tyler Johnson. But I think the Badgers found a good way of putting pressure on him. Well, I'm just was, trying to figure out how – is Wisconsin better than Penn State in your opinion? Or are they just um, about evenly matched? I think they're about evenly matched, but that's what that's the big conversation right now. Is how do you beat in. Penn State then get your butt kicked by Wisconsin? I, I can't get my head around that If one. you ask me if it wasn't a blizzard, I think – the Gophers win that game. You think in so? In my opinion, yeah. That think... just sucks, though. You have home conditions at your home field. Everyone knows TCF Bank isn't exactly easy to play in. Yeah. And then Wisconsin just runs them. But like, I was looking at the odds before the game, and Wisconsin was a favorite going yeah, in. Yeah, Wisconsin was a favorite, which, which irked kind of, me a little bit. Kind but... of surprised me as well. I think I think weather played a big factor in that. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, if it was good conditions for football, I think – the Gophers win that game. I think they're able to pass the ball more instead of running. And the Badgers all year have a good have had a good running defense. So yep. I think they definitely shut down the running backs. There yeah. was absolutely no run game. And then basically, yeah, they just played pass the entire time. Yeah, or we're playing from behind where you have to force throws and yeah. And then did you see that of... play where Tanner Morgan made that absolutely dumb choice to try and throw the ball and as a fumble? Oh yeah, I think I watched it again. Like he was gonna get sacked. He yeah. lost control of it and tried to grab it again, but ended up like. To me, it looked it. like he was just trying to pass to his offensive lineman. Yeah, or just trying to get it above the line of scrimmage for an incomplete pass. So he wouldn't yeah, take the sack. Yeah, that was just that was a rookie mistake. Yeah. Granted, he's not a rookie, and he should have known better. But, but I'm glad the axe is back home. I'm but. not. There is a there is definitely a part that definitely irritated me. There's a Wisconsin linebacker. I think his name was Chris Orr. Chris Orr. Yep. Did you hear about that story where he said? The year Minnesota had the axe is just complete disrespect. They allowed fans to touch it. They paraded it around the state. Yeah. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I did. I just want to basically point out and say, for a team that had that hasn't had that axe for 14 years yeah. prior, finally get the axe back, you're going to show it off. It's, it's an a rivalry trophy. It's right. the oldest rivalry in NCAA, is it not? Yeah. The tally of the scores coming in was 60, 60, and 8. And so then was, the point differential was three points or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like it's evenly matched and it's a historic rivalry. So it's like, I mean, I get what he's saying. I get what Orr is saying about the disrespect or whatever, but let's look in reality. 14 years you haven't had the axe. You're going to definitely tell your state, and 
this is our accomplishment. This is what we've done. Yeah. I think he is out of place saying that. Again, I understand why he said it. And then they rowed the boat with the axe, mm-hmm. which I actually thought was kind of funny. That was hilarious. Because everyone definitely chirps the gophers it for fits. the row the boat. What fits. I mean, yeah, it comes with the coach, right? Yeah. And if you don't walk the walk, you can't really talk and he's, it. He's you know? stuck to that same philosophy ever since he was at Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. So it's it's... That's kind of where it originated, yeah. where it became popular, I guess. But So it's why not keep it? I just have a bone to pick with Chris Hoare because he didn't understand the impact that Axe had on the state for the yeah. entire year. Especially getting here. dominated for 14 years. Yeah, it's exactly. Like you he... got your table run 14 years in a row. You come back, you finally win it. In Wisconsin, you finally get the one Axe One of the toughest back. places to play in all of yeah, America. Yeah, next to Iowa it's in the Big Ten, it's one of the toughest places to play. And, you know... So we finally won it, and then he just says, oh, yeah, it's disrespect, blah, 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 blah. Glad we got the axe back. We're going to chop down that boat, yada, yada, yada. Just, okay, dude, whatever. But other news, you see Alabama lost again. Dude, Alabama. I'm so happy. The Iron Bowl, whenever Auburn's good. The thing I've noticed is it's either a blowout in Alabama's favor or Auburn wins by some miraculous play. Well, it's tough for Auburn to compete with an Alabama team that's always consistently top, right. that's top of the rank. But what I've noticed so is Auburn is very inconsistent being really good or just being medi- yeah. mediocre. I mean, it's also tough when you play in the SEC. You're playing a good team every week. But, well, I mean... What, the one thing I can't get, though, is the fact that Auburn only jumped four spots. They went from 15 to 11 after beating Alabama. you got to remember Alabama also had a backup quarterback playing. That's irrelevant. It's Alabama. They're literally in the top five because of their name and what they've done in the past 10 Coach years. Coach Saban, yeah, all the national championships. You can't tell recently. me the fact they beat Alabama. Alabama dropped seven places to 12, mm-hmm. which is the first time they've been outside the top 10 in I don't even know how long. Do you see the bull projections? Uh, uh, according no, to r- Yahoo Sports. Run me through this. Uh, Minnesota and Alabama projected to play in the Outback Bowl January 1st. Is that even a prestigious bowl? It's one of the better bowls that isn't considered a... New Year's Six Bowl. Okay. It'll be the first time in probably, I don't remember that, gonna get in a long time out. that Alabama has not been in. The playoffs? Or like a New Year's Six Bowl. So it's going to be gonna be weird for seeing Nick Saban in Alabama in the Outback Bowl instead of like the Sugar Bowl or the National Championship. And according to the Yahoo Sports, Wisconsin's playing Auburn in the Citrus Bowl. That's kind of, it's kind of weird thinking that the second place, technically Big Ten team would go to the Citrus Bowl instead of the Rose Bowl. I want to see Minnesota and Auburn in the Citrus Bowl. I think that was one of the possible predictions. Yeah, I think it all depends on Wisconsin's ranking after the Big Ten championship game. So if Wisconsin loses, probably by a close margin to Ohio State, they probably won't drop outside the top 10, where right now Penn State's ranked 10 in the college mm-hmm. football playoff rankings. And according to the rules, the second highest ranked team in the Big Ten, so if Ohio State goes into the playoffs, which they will if they beat Wisconsin this weekend, um, the second highest ranked team will go to the Rose Bowl, which okay. would be Penn State if Wisconsin gets blown out, which I think will happen. Yeah. So then Wisconsin will go to the Citrus Bowl. Okay. Because I'm looking at one on Sports Illustrated where they have the Citrus Bowl is probably going to be Penn State versus Alabama, and the Outback's going to be Minnesota, not Burn. And so. then you have, who do you have in the Rose Bowl, Wisconsin versus Oregon? It's going to be, Utah? yeah, Wisconsin-Oregon, because apparently they think Utah's going to beat Oregon. I think, I think they will. Yeah. I think it'll be a good game. I am going, I'm willing to make the bet it's going to be within three to seven points. Do you think Utah gets in? If Utah wins, because they're currently ranked five. But, yeah. you know, who's Georgia playing in their chance? They're playing LSU, LSU. right? LSU. So if LSU blows out Georgia, they'll be out. Utah will definitely take that I think if Georgia spot. loses by any sort of margin. Which, if you out. think about that, though, Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, and Utah. In the college football playoffs. That's what I mean. It's like it's kind of a thing where like you'd rather see like a brand name, you'd rather see like Oklahoma in there instead of yeah. Utah. 
I mean, Oklahoma would be interesting to me because Jalen Hurts. Yeah, but he won't but... be playing Alabama, unfortunately. Right. But, yeah. you like, brand name, tradition-wise, you want to see Oklahoma in. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't have their hands full of Baylor. I mean, look what happened last time, 23 at halftime. So, I mean, it's not an easy go for Oklahoma no, there. No, by any means. And Baylor, pretty good again. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, what if Baylor wins? Do, do they get in over Utah, or what do you think there? They're, Oklahoma's playing Baylor, right? Yep, in the Big 12 championship game. And if Baylor wins, they'll avenge their loss to Oklahoma. LSU, the only way for any of them is if Utah loses to Oregon. Which is a possibility. Which is a possibility. So Utah has to lose. LSU has to obliterate Georgia. And then the winner of Oklahoma-Baylor would get in. I think I think Georgia's out no matter what. If they lose by 3 or 20, I think they're out no matter what. If they, they don't lose. like pushing down people that win. The only what? time it's ever happened was Ohio State and LSU. And the other thing that uh, Georgia has against them would be that South Carolina loss. Yeah, that's just a pretty big red mark yeah, on no that one, schedule. Especially at home to an unranked team. I don't know, but if you look at Utah's loss, let's see who they even USC. Lost. They lost yeah, USC. USC, who is ranked like number 20. Ranks. Yeah, they're ranked first, 22 uh, at an 8-4 and four record. Yeah, one of the first games of the season, too, so yeah, you can't like really put game, that much baggage on it. You know, regardless, just looking at the playoff outlook, though, it's there's a there's lot so of things that could happen. I Please, LSU, don't lose, and please, <laughs> no one... No one lose I just besides hope. Georgia because then things will go swimmingly. But if Georgia somehow wins or Ohio State loses or Clemson loses, all hell's going to break loose. Yeah, you're absolutely I don't right. know who's going to be in after that. If one of those teams loses, I don't know who's in. All I can say is I am glad I am not a college football playoff ranker. Or a committee guy, yeah. Or anyone on that committee. That's going to be a tough job to handle. Because no matter what they do and how these games go, because they're such high-impact games, they're going to be lit on fire for, why did you pick that? Oh, it's just because blah, blah, blah. Nothing. You know? Please. Everything go right. But as we all know, it's college football and nothing ever goes right. And the committee will be put in the spotlight once again and we'll see their blemishes. But did you see uh, the rumor that Tua might come back for his senior season? Um, or his junior season? I don't think that's a bad idea. You don't think so? Why is that? Because that injury is going to affect his draft stock. Yeah, but, but it's, it's going to be a two-way street because let's look at the Justin Herbert situation. Yeah. He did the same thing. He came he back came for his senior and year. He didn't and have that good of a season. Exactly. And, and I hurt think his stock he, a little bit more than if he would have came out last year. Exactly. But he wanted to do something with Oregon, and they didn't quite get there. But it, like, if you look at Tua now, like, okay, say he drops to the first round, like the 20th pick or right. something like that. And, like, and that, I can understand that. That's a better situation for him. You think about it, he'll go to a team that's probably more functional, yeah, he's has not a better be, roster. He's not going to be the Miami Dolphins starter. Yeah, he's day. not going to be he's pushed into that. a situation where he needs a win right away, and I think that will help him in his longevity of his career. Like, think, if you go to Miami and you're the quarterback, you're going to be asked to win right away. Yeah, And, and that's putting a lot of pressure on you, especially yeah. with a bad roster or going to Cincinnati with a bad roster. But here, the only reason I could like, assume for him to be coming back for senior year so he makes sure he heals from that hip Yeah. Because that's show everybody. It's not a small injury. That no, was a very yeah. that's similar to what Bo Jackson yeah. had. But and Bo Jackson's Bo Jackson. Like, yeah, but Bo, the only reason athlete. Bo Jackson ended his career is because he didn't know his hip was injured to this extent, and he played through it. But the, he's also just a freak athlete. Like yeah, he, he heals differently than other people. Kind of like Adrian Peterson in his knee injury when yeah. he came back like four months from a torn ACL. Four to seven months. Yeah, something like, like that. It's, they're, just they're different type of people, human. and I don't think Tua's gonna be able to come back the same way that Bo Jackson did. Well, we'll see. I also think. Tua is overrated to an extent. You think so? Why is that? Look at who's around him. Look at his receivers. He's got probably one of I'm those. not saying he's bad, but like I said, he's going to be the next Matt Leinart. A uh, good lefty. quarterback coming out of a good school that has huge expectations and can't quite get but there. But when has Alabama ever had a quarterback at his caliber before? Don't say Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts is a great Hurt. Those are great two different program, quarterbacks. Great system. I'd, 
Alabama. The closest comparison I can make would be AJ McCarron, but even then, and he didn't even really then, that's, that a, that's a that's a reach. Yeah, and he didn't really have necessarily the best NFL career either. No, what, he's he back up on now? the Texans right yeah. now. He's backing up D- or Deshaun Watson. So it's kind of a thing where Alabama finally has a good quarterback, and it's kind of weird how he's going to be in a situation where he might be a top pick where Alabama's never had that before. It's kind of been a thing that's always held well, Alabama back. I think the only reason why he's considered a top pick is because of his athletic ability. He's not the next Lamar Jackson by any means. No. And I think it's intriguing that there's actually a high-considered quarterback that's left-handed because we don't see many of those in the and NFL. If you, I know like he's been putting up big numbers this year, but if you still think when I, when the first thing, when I say Tua Tungvaloa, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? That backup situation against Georgia in the national championship yep. where he won the game for him. That's To come in, because he's what, a freshman when he did that, or is he a yeah, sophomore a at that freshman. point? Yeah, freshman. to come in and do that. Basically save the season. Yeah, again, it's he's maybe been putting up big numbers, but like you said, he's had a deep receiving core and he's been doing yeah. it against teams. He and... definitely shows flashes of game changing, yeah. which is something a lot of teams desperately. I think need. he's definitely one of the best. And like if he if he sits this year, and I think comes he needs. Back, a, I think he needs a Patrick Mahomes. Treatment. If he comes back, the next best quarterback, according to uh, WalterFootball.com, would be Jacob Eason. The quarterback at Washington, who transferred from Georgia, okay, he didn't really oh, yeah, good, yeah. he didn't have a good season this year, so he's more than likely going to stay. Yeah. He'd be like the next best quarterback on the board. So if he a, if he stayed, he definitely would be the top quarterback picked. If he just had another season like he did this year, if he didn't get injured again, the big F. Or big like F. guys like Kellen Mond, where I think he's much better. Steven Montez, much better. So I think if he stayed, had another good season, he's definitely going to be one of the top picks. Right, because it'd be a weaker quarterback draft yeah. class. But you also, gotta, you also got to keep in mind, though, yeah. about this is if he does go into the draft, he needs the Patrick Mahomes treatment. He needs to take that full year off, maybe start week 16, week 17. Yeah, not be rushed in a situation yeah. you need to win right away. He also needs to go to a team that can actually build around him and not, not the have Dolphins. to build with him. Yeah. I mean, if Dolphins next year won't be that bad with how many first picture, first round picks do they have? Like three, four? <laughs> I don't think they have enough, let's be honest. Although they are winning games, they beat the Eagles the other day, so that's really funny i mean good for them but but hey i'm gonna jump to the ncaa and more just ridiculous i know how much you love the ncaa, NCAA oh, God. So i love them so much i am me. so glad i don't have to play under their rules anymore just inform me grant again i like it greg <laughs> <laughs> so there's this transfer from ohio state his name is micah porter mm-hmm. and he transferred to wisconsin so this directly affects the wisconsin men's basketball team yeah and they're not that good this year they're they're not terrible. They're not irrelevant. They're just not in a stacked Big Ten. They're not the Jawan Howard-led Michigan team. Yeah. Even the Minnesota Gophers aren't that good. No. Especially this year. It's also tough but, in a good Big Ten conference for basketball. So he transferred from Ohio State and sat out. He's So when you transfer in conference, you're required to sit out a year. Okay, that's or fair. Or same division. Same Yeah, same conference, same division, whatever. But, yeah, so he transferred to the Badgers from Ohio State. And then... He played the first game against St. Mary's on November 5th, but mm-hmm. he's also suspended an additional 10 games. Why? Literally, that the NCAA, the NCAA came back and said, because. No real reason, nothing. They just said no proper reason given. They're promptly denied. The NCAA has granted some waiver to more than three dozen other basketball players for this upcoming season, including St. Mary's guard Logan Johnson, who played 32 games as a freshman last season at Cincinnati, transfers to St. Mary's. They, nothing wrong with that. They let him play. The thing I cannot get over is this loose set of guidelines that the NCAA has where they say transfer rules. Yes, you can play. No, you can't. 
and they don't even give a legitimate reason on if you can't. Last week, I went in such a rant. I think I covered a majority of everything. Yeah. I don't think I need to go in depth anymore. But the NCAA, I I just can't deal with they this anymore. They definitely need to fix your transfer protocol. He literally followed the guidelines, what the NCAA says, and he's being punished an additional 10 games. He's a good player. He's going to help Wisconsin. There's a lot of Minnesota boys playing for that Wisconsin basketball team, a lot of them from Lakeville and Invergrove Heights area. But it's just, I don't know. Like, you can't let Justin Fields play or guys like um, Joe Burrow play right away, especially when they don't have any sort of reason just other than wanting to play. It's media coverage. It's the publicity. The NCAA, they say they're in it for the students, but they're really not. They're in it for themselves. They're trying to make the biggest buck they can off the biggest names. And if it's something that won't make them money, they say, you know what, screw you. You're not playing. And that's think, what irks me. Do you think if you were to transfer to Duke, it would have been allowed right away? You think so? Absolutely. It's Duke. The fact that it's Ohio State to Wisconsin, they're just like, meh, don't care about it. Just because Wisconsin's not that big of a name? When they, it comes they're to not it. what they used to be. Yeah. You know, they're not Frank Kaminsky-led anymore. Yeah. They're not nationally ranked. They're just, they're not the media team anymore. Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio Duke, State. North Carolina, Ohio State. You know, they're yeah. just not those teams. They need, it, it just ticks me off. Um, Greg, do you, you see uh, Zach Wheeler signed a yeah. big contract with the Phillies the other day? I did. Four years, $118 million. That hurts the Twins' options in free agency. Well, let's put it this way. Zach Wheeler didn't even consider the Twins. There's a report yeah. on The Athletic where they weren't even a front runner. Really? No. They're going to go after the pitcher, Rue, from... Hinshu Rue. Hinshu Rue from Los Angeles, and also they're going to chase Mad Bum. Those are... I don't... I, as long as I can get Mad Bum at a non-stupid price, you know? But, I mean, those are, like, the last two big options for the Twins. All oh, right, because Cole Hamels went to the Braves on a one-year $18 million Well, other than that, deal. there's really nobody else that the Twins could really get because Garrett Cole is already looking at his options. He's okay. probably going to go to New York or stay in... He's going to go to New York or L.A. Yeah, so it's kind of just a thing where... I'm curious to see where options. Strasburg goes. Yeah, again, I don't think I don't see him going to the Twins either. No, no one wants to go to the Twins. So that's why I hope they get mad at him because that dude's a playoff pitcher. Yeah, and they the need somebody Twins are like playoff him. ready, yeah. but they also need to figure out the replacement for CJ Crone. They've been talking with Josh Donaldson, so that'd be like an interesting that. option. He, he had a really good comeback season this year. He did. He was named what the NL comeback Come, player of the yep. year, and then Cookie Carrasco got AL. Yeah, Battle with Leukemia comes back good and pitches. Him. What a what an animal! But it's just I don't know who the Twins are gonna. They need to get pitching because good old Kyle Gibson, our friend Dan Sattler's buddy. Remember that, Trav? Yeah. Our year in club baseball, Dan Sattler. So, yeah, his buddy went to the Rangers on a three-year, $30 million deal. I am very sorry you have to pay that man $10 million. Would another option be, do you think, Dallas Keuchel? Do you think that would be another good option for the Twins? Well, he didn't really have that great of a year with Atlanta. Still, He's still a quality starter. He's definitely a a fourth-in-line starter. He. It all depends on how greedy he is. He's got to realize that he didn't have a spectacular year. Was so he 8-8 eight eight last year with a 3.75 ERA? Well, I mean... I mean, that's not terrible, that, but again, no, that's it's not, not a number one starter kind of number. But he's not a Mike Soroka. Yeah. he's. I think he's, what, 34 now, Dallas Keuchel, something Pretty like close. that? Close. He's getting up there in age. So that just means more injury prone. I mean, yeah. he recently came off some pretty big injuries, so there's going to be a lot of, you know, I'm not sure what we're going to do here, but... I think they should look into Dallas Keuchel, but the thing is, you can't pay him more than twelve. 
not mm. 12 a year is probably but how bad max. how bad do you want to win right now because i know the twins are not fond of spending money well so it's just see, how they're bad open you to win. finally spending money and i'm really glad they didn't trade alex Kurloff or royce lewis at the deadline for a rental i'm really glad they didn't do that because that means they still believe in their future rather than winning immediately i just want to what I, i've said this before is i want the twins to have a nice consistent you know seasons back to back rather than one really good season and they're trash for the next 10 how years. bad do you want to win a world series i want to how bad do you want it the twins because i want it i'm sure every the state other... of minnesota wants a championship trap that we haven't had that since 91 okay i know i know we it. bashed wild in the show but it kind of reminds me of the wild like i know craig leopold kind of like, it was a bad move, now we look at it, but at the time, it was, it was, he put all of his chips in. He said, hey, I'm going to sign these two guys, mm-hmm. and we're going to try and win a Stanley Cup. And Zach Creasy is actually doing good again this year. We're going to put all our chips in the middle and say, hey, if we, we're going we're gonna to try and get it done. This is the best option we have. We're going to try and get it done. I respect that. Long term, yeah, we're all going to say all oh, these contracts suck. But you got to respect the fact that, hey, he tried and said, hey, I'm putting all my chips in the middle. We're going to try and win this thing. Do you think that's what the Twins should do? See, I'm conflicted because I want them to make smart decisions because, that pay off in the long run rather than the short run. Because when is the last time Minnesota team has spent money like that, like the Wild did in, two, in 2010? When Never. was the last time they did that? They haven't? Yeah. Ever? So it's like... Oh, well, I take that back, Joe Maurer. So how... But that's just that's resigning. count. I, so I know like, I don't count. How do you... It's how, it's how bad do you want to win it? That's all it really comes down to. I want them to win without mortgaging their future. So they need to spend money, but they can't trade their assets. That's the parameters of this. That's what they cannot do. Okay, so spend some money in free agency. Yeah, I know. That's what they need. They need to go after Mad Bum, maybe some, maybe a player like Julio Tehran, maybe a, even Wade Miley. Wade Miley, I he saw did that pretty too. good. Rick Parcello too. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know about Rick Parcello. After a Cy Young year, he fell off a cliff. Still give someone a second chance. That's why I like Dallas Keuchel a lot. Something for the Twins to really look into. There's rebound potential. But the reality is, how likely is it? It really is not much. But, but hey, if you can get him a good deal, why not give it a shot? You're right. You know, I guess we'll see what the Twins do. They're they have the money to spend on probably two good pitchers. the The thing they want to do is rather than splurge and spend on one pitcher, they want to get two quality ones rather yeah. than just one big one. I respect that. I just Which, really hope. I just really wish they would put more chips in the middle and say, "Hey, we want to win." Right. And, they, they recognize that. That's it, why Thad Levine and Derek Bowlby are still in front office. Yeah, it's not easy. Yeah, managing you, a baseball team is not easy at all. No, but it's not easy when you have to go and play the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Astros every year in the playoffs. Like, all right, you can't who have the market? That. The Twins so don't you, have a huge market. So you need to get do. pitching that will be able to complete that will be able to compete with them in the playoffs. Oh, absolutely, and that's or something the they need to figure out. But again, the best option isn't always just a bunch of bad contracts. Yeah, you know, that you can't go out and spend years. money on Rick Porcello for maybe one good year and be stuck with him for five crappy years. Yeah, you know. But I, I would not be mad if they ended up like the Wild and they just said, "Hey, we're going in, all in, putting my bet in, and we're gonna try and win this World Series." Yeah. And I agree with that. I wouldn't be mad at that, but it's probably not gonna happen. But I, I would. Respect I just want them to bring in two to three name brand pitchers that you're not gonna quality break starters. Yeah, yeah. So if they get huge and Rand, Mad Bum, and I don't know. Name Maybe. your name your third pitcher, but Cole Hamill or something like no, that. No, Cole Hamill. Cole Hamill's already signed, so oh, he's right. not an option. But that's right. I forgot about that. You know, just maybe Rick Porcello in there too. I I just hope they find someone like that. But I hope they just don't go it like they did the trade deadline this year, and not get anybody. Well, Sam Dyson was kind of good, but also yeah, not really. Injured. We also didn't give up much for him, but 
So, Travis, you know the NBA team, the Orlando Magic? Yep. So their co-founder announces the Orlando, wait for it, their new MLB team he wants to bring there, the Dreamers. The Dreamers, huh? This looks this looks interesting. His logo for this team is as generic as it gets. It literally looks like he got bored on Microsoft Paint one day. Yeah, he was like, I'm just going to... He's got a, a baseball in between two bats and a banner that says Orlando and Dreamers in bold font and with a red outline. That's... Yeah. You, this 85-year-old man just got bored on paint and made his own logo and said, hey, let's bring a team to Orlando and call it the Dreamers. I think it's a dream that this dude thinks he's going to get a team in Orlando. Yeah, I don't, really see, I don't see this coming true. Keep mm. on dreaming, Pat Williams. You ain't getting a team to Orlando. You already have two teams in Florida. So, so it's, uh, man, how, how would that even work with the system that MLB's in right now? Well, they're going to have to add one to the AL and one to the NL. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, they have to add one more. Yeah, there's going to have to be two teams. So if the Athletics move to Las Vegas, Oakland can get another team? No, I don't think Oakland would. They're already losing their football team. No, no, Oakland A's have that new facility coming in Oakland. Do they? So they're, so not, they're, they're, not, they're not moving to Las Vegas. As far as I know, that building's, or that stadium's going to be built, and they're going to move there. It's just going to be a little bit longer. Yeah. But, but they're going to have to definitely test the markets. So I think Nashville and the Tennessee area, they're probably going to get a team. This is definitely awesome. I like this idea, but I don't think it's going to happen. He needs to work on his logo, though, before. Oh, yeah. He definitely needs to go to Photoshop, rather. <laughs> Paint. <laughs> That's a pathetic logo. But we're going to move on to some NFL news. I am sad to say that the Patriots lost to the Texans. Their offense is looking absolutely trash. I am really well. for them re-signing Antonio Brown. Really? They That's don't nice. have a playmaker outside of Julian Edelman. I mean, they've dealt with a lot of injuries, too. And right, Nikhil and that's Harry why came they... Back. Yeah, but he's a rookie. He's not performing. You can't expect a rookie to just be a game-breaker from day one. Yeah. But they need someone else opposite of Julian Edelman. They got rid of Josh Gordon, who was a decent piece on that receiving core. You can tell he's missed now. You can definitely tell that there's a they hole. They definitely do not have that explosive potential like they used to have no. before. Because whenever Sony Michelle's in the game... There's a 66% chance they run. So they Whenever the James White's in the end, back of the end, he's they're going to pass it roughly 70% of the time whenever he's in the backfield. Yeah. You know, it's just they're becoming predictable. And Tom Brady, he's, he's getting older. You can definitely see his games falling. I'm probably going to be the last one to admit it, but Tom Brady, he's you can you can tell Father Time's getting His going. excellence is going away, but, I mean, that happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. It's and, also nice, too, that his defense has been lights out all year and kind of been carrying his weight. Yeah, but they got their table run by Baltimore. Deshaun Watson I mean, those, pulled out a those bunch two, of flaws. Those are two playoff teams, and, like, they lost to the Dolphins. So we might have to pump their brakes a little bit here, but I really don't see him making the uh, Super Bowl again this year. Yeah, I'm kind of hitting on that one right now. I, Being a diehard Patriots fan, I always um Super Bowl or bust. Yeah, That's how I view this team. And Bill Belichick's definitely got that same mindset, too. It'll take a lot of work for them to beat Baltimore to play San Francisco in yeah. the Super Bowl. That's now the, right now, it's kind of like the Colin Kaepernick thing. No one could figure him out. And it's kind of they're riding well, him like that it right It is now. so funny Jim Harbaugh did with Colin Kaepernick what John Harbaugh is doing with Lamar Jackson. Do you see the parallel on this? I do. Literally, they're doing the same thing. They have a quarterback that can run and just chuck the ball, and it's just ridiculous. They're 
just destroying. Yeah, give him credit though. He is very athletic and making. Oh yeah, Lamar Jackson is the next Michael Vick. Making a lot better. He's a player of. He's a once in a generation kind of player. I, when he was drafted, I was not high on this man at all. He has proved so many. I was high as him as like an athlete, but not necessarily a quarterback. Right, and you know he's more of a running back than a quarterback, but he can still read the defense. He can make the passes he needs. He's doing everything he needs to be doing yeah, in a system that's working perfectly for him. Did you see that article? I forget where it was, but it was a TV broadcaster. He said that the only reason Mike, uh, not Michael Vick, um, Lamar Jackson's having success is because of the read options. The, the ball's the same skin color or tone as his skin color. Yeah, the 49ers. And he got fired for yeah. it. I'm like, Goodness gracious. It was gracious. either fired or suspended, but you can't say that. Like, what are you? What are we doing? I don't. I don't know what people think. Sometimes there's no reason to bring any of that into any conversation. To say that football matches him, or how really? come we can't just like give him credit for being? A yeah, great give the athlete. man credit. He's in a great system and he's doing absolutely everything correct. He's making little to no mistakes. His QBR is off the charts. Yeah, I mean Lamar Jackson's for real. There's talks right now that one of the top two MVPs of the year is going to be Lamar Jackson or Michael Thomas, the receiver from New Orleans. If any, dude, Lamar Jackson's got this thing sealed right now. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. The thing this the thing this man is doing on the ground is what Mahomes did on the air in the air last year. Yeah, just unbelievable. Just shredding defenses. People can't figure him out. No, and you can't stack the box because he can still throw the ball. Yeah, he's definitely coming this year. He showed that he can throw the ball, something that a lot of people didn't think he could do. No, I definitely didn't. I was not expecting this at the start of the year when no. Harbaugh said, "Yeah, Jackson's going to start." I was just sitting there thinking, "What? You're going to start Jackson? He's you, you traded Joe Flacco, who, yeah, by all means, wasn't spectacular. Yeah, he's definitely getting a big old. contract, but still. Yeah, they dumped salary on that one. But speaking of Lamar Jackson, he's got a new bandwagon fan. I saw Pope Francis. Pope Francis was gifted, gifted a custom Ravens jersey signed by Lamar himself. That's awesome. <laughs> Representatives from the Archdiocese of Baltimore gave a Ravens number eight jersey to Pope Francis when he visited when they visited Rome on Tuesday. The jersey, which features Jackson number, has Francis on the back and was autographed by Harbaugh and the MVP frontrunner. Eh, it's just really funny because real recognized, real Greg. Yeah, the head real of the Catholic Church real. recognizing probably the best player in the NFL. But granted, Baltimore is the home of the Catholic Church, Roman Catholic Church, etc. It first started here in the New World in Baltimore, so it's an honor to have Pope Francis here. This is all off ESPN. And, you know, I just I just think that's funny. Do you think Pope Francis goes to the Super Bowl if the Ravens get there? <laughs> I would love to see the, awesome. the Pope Mobile <laughs> driving down Miami <laughs> to imagine, the Super Bowl. Imagine security for that game if he shows up. <laughs> Imagine the headlines track. Or what if the what if the Pope blessing the Super Bowl before the game? Or what if the Ravens play the Saints? Who's he gonna choose uh, root for? <laughs> That's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But... The possibilities are endless with this one, and I just think this that, is actually. this is hilarious. <laughs> I'm glad to see people jumping on the Lamar bandwagon because hey, I wasn't on it right away, but hey, I'm all on it. Yeah, Good I mean, him. if the Pope's on it, well, heck, man, we need to be we on. Gotta this be thing. on it. But. but hey, moving on to the NBA here, <laughs> they're gonna dramatically alter the schedule. Then this is this is in I consideration. Like I don't know if it's gonna happen or not, but they're considering significant changes to its schedule and playoff format for its 75th anniversary in the 21-22 season, maybe beyond and keep it. And they've been kicking the tire on this for years, but with 
TV viewership surprisingly down. Social media as an alternative to watching games. They're going to do some crazy things. They're thinking about a 78-game regular season. What is it normally, 82? It's the same as the NHL, 82. 82. I mean, it's only four games. I honestly think, though, that that's NHL and NBA games are probably the toughest schedule next to MLB. Yeah. Because all those back-to-back-to-backs, one-day travels and cities. Do you think this will help against players sitting out because they're sore or resting? Oh, that would definitely curb the uh, load management. If you had one to two days off in between games... Yeah, I feel like you see more guys like LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard playing. I mean, LeBron James has been an Iron Man this year. I'm just saying. So I mean, just like in general, those guys have normally sat a lot because of load management or because they're getting older. Well, exactly, and load management's been an issue. And like you said, ever since LeBron's in Cleveland with load management. Like you said earlier, that when you go to a basketball game, you want to see LeBron James. When I went to the Chicago Bulls versus the Lakers, they played both AD and LeBron. I didn't care about the Chicago Bulls roster. Yeah. I only knew three people on them, and one of them was Laurie Markkinen, who was Top drafted pick. by the Timberwolves and traded in the Jimmy Butler trade. You know, I just if LeBron wasn't playing on that game in that game, I would have been just sitting there bored out of my mind. And like I've always thought about the NBA too. It's like when you come to like these like the early series in the playoffs, like you don't need six games to determine a winner. No, because like okay, only only sport that really necessarily needs. Like a seven game playoff series would be like the NHL or mm-hmm. MLB. Yep. Like where you see a lot of like baseball, anything can happen. We both know that. Yeah, baseball. In the crazy, NHL, but... we've seen recently a lot of teams like eight seeds. Like a couple years ago, when the Kings won it, like yeah, you need eight, you need you need seven games for that. But for like basketball, the, it, there's such a disparity amongst. Ninety five percent of the time, the number the top seed's gonna win. Yeah. The ones gonna beat the eight. Ninety five percent of the time, like honestly, I think they should move to a five game. So. Yeah, it's uh, there's so many games that don't need to be played that are, in my opinion, unnecessary. I I disagree. I don't disagree with you at all. And another thing they're looking at is an in season tournament where the winner is possibly given an extra draft pick a first round pick wow that would be i mean i would that would inflate the league i feel like yeah i mean there's only two rounds in the nba draft anyways they've, no but like they've downsized the best it. team's gonna win it every year more than likely and they're gonna keep getting first round picks so therefore they're gonna keep getting the best young players and keep rebuilding right but it also gives them an incentive to try to i guess but i mean why aren't you already trying if there's less games you want to have higher seed in the playoffs so the tournament would look like this teams play a round robin schedule against teams in their division and the top team from each division and the two next best teams advance to the quarterfinals, roughly around in December. And then Las Vegas would be a possible site. And then there are expected to be financial incentives for players, coaches, and teams. And early feedback suggests the league may also look for other incentives that engage fans of teams. How Howard Beck of Bleach Report proposed giving better draft pick, draft odds. Okay, so not draft picks, draft odds oh, okay. to the winner. So they just incentivize saying, hey, if you win this tournament, Instead of that 1% chance of getting the first overall, you get like maybe a 5% chance. Yeah, I think just another way for the for Adam Silver to get more people involved in the NBA. Yep, and then they're also talking about playing games for the playoffs. So borrowing it from the NCAA tournament with a wrinkle involving seeds 7 through 10 in each conference, 7th would play the 8th, and the winner receiving the 7th seed and the 9-10 would beat the loser – would need to beat the loser of 7-8 to get in the playoffs as the 8th seed. In essence, the 9 or 10th place team would need to win two playing games to make the playoffs, and 7 and 8 would only need to win one. Something I I'll, think that would... That might might be a little more interesting. W- one thing I've always noticed, though, is the 8 seeds in any 
in the East or West are usually a 500 team. Yeah, and like, well, l- last couple of years, the, I think the what they eight needed... seed has been decided by less than a game. I know. Every So it's like those, those might be needed. Rather than just be picking teams from the division, they need to reseed and put everyone best to worst and just take the top eight best teams. So that could realistically be five from one conference or one division, two from or three from the other one. Like the NHL does it. Yeah, exactly. Wild card teams. And then they're also thinking about reseeding the final four. This is pretty straightforward. The league would reseed the final four teams regardless of conference, meaning a team from the East could play a team from the West in the conference finals and two teams from the same conference could play each other in the finals. That's kind of dumb. I don't really like that. Yeah, but the fans want the best playing the best. There, how many times do you remember where there's a two teams that arguably were the best in the league playing each other in the conference finals instead of the finals? Or like when the Warriors like recently have just been sweeping the finals mm-hmm. for like it's like this because the east is a joke the west I mean, is last where year east was at. interesting with the sixers and raptors but like yeah. the warriors last year and just but the the warriors have been running the table yeah all up until this year when they got devastated by injuries but you know it's just those are food for thought and i think the nba is actually actively trying they're to be on better. A, they're on to something something I, they're trying to be unique compared to all the other sports leagues and I don't. I give them credit for giving giving a shot. I mean, why wouldn't you at this point? Well, exactly. But there are some sad news coming from the Minnesota Wild, where Jared oh, Spurgeon's more, out more two weeks, news. and Miku Koivu is day to day. Hey, Greg, you don't look now, don't look now. But the Wild are making a comeback, right? <laughs> hear me out. No, hear me out. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, all right. Since November fourteenth, the Wild have beat the Coyotes. Lost. Ooh, okay. Yo, it's, ooh. Okay. Have lost the Hurricanes in overtime. Beat the Sabres, beat the Avalanche, lost to the Bruins in overtime, lost to the Rangers in overtime, beat the Devils, beat the Senators, beat the Stars, beat the Panthers last night. Yeah, they're on a four-game win streak right now. Well, listen, <laughs> they've gotten, they've issued a point every game since November 14th. You know where that puts them right now? <laughs> Fifth that best puts them, in the conference. Yeah, that puts them a couple points <laughs> out of a playoff spot. Keep that in mind, okay? They are in the cellar earlier, okay? I just want to. Now they're coming back. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback now. You're calling it a comeback, though. Hey, if we're if we're in the playoffs, we're in the playoffs. We all know, the the Kings did a couple years ago. If you're in the playoffs, anything can freaking happen. Is it because anybody uh, can get hot? So are they hot because Alex Dalek's been playing better, or because Capo Kakinen? He's been playing well too. I th- I think it's just a general everyone else is playing well. You think they just finally figured their stuff out? Well, after that uh, Jason Zucker comment where he kind of told everyone, hey, it's we need to we need to step up. Like, we're well, right. playing like crap, and well, everybody are. from Bruce Boudreaux down to all the players need to step well, up. After Bruce that, Boudreaux would have been the first head to roll, 100%. After he basically called then, out Bruce and Boudreaux. And then Bill Guerin would have blown up the roster and said, Donato, Fiala, Erickson, Eck, bye, we're training you for after picks. After those comments by Zucker basically calling out Bruce Boudreaux, this ignited this kind of point streak that the Wild are on. I know, they won six of their last day, which they're bringing, by they're, Wild standards, what? They're bringing it, they're, they're coming back. I, st- I called it. They're yeah, coming back. We'll they're squash. currently 30 points in the division, three behind Dallas, five behind Winnipeg, six behind Colorado, and mm-hmm. 12 behind St. Louis. And they're one so point. 13 and 11. They're one point behind the Sharks for the last wild card spot. This is also early December. Hey. They have till April. You know who did last year at this time? The, the St. Louis Blues. You know what happened in St. Louis Blues when they got in the playoffs? They won it, Greg. Travis, Don't but- call it now. Travis, 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 Travis. I'm an optimistic, I'm an optimistic Minnesota fan, and I know it's gonna break my heart every year when they don't win it. But hey, there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance, Greg? So yeah, from Dumb and Dumber, you're saying there's a chance. There, there's always a chance, man. But don't you don't back. realize this, Trav. All Minnesota teams suffer from the same disease. What's that? 
disappoint in the playoffs. Hey. They all do it to us every if single we get there, year. A, if we get there, there's a chance. There's always a chance if you get there. I don't think there's a chance at all. I think if they make the playoffs, that's miraculous. I want them to tank and get but a good all, draft pick. All, I agree with that, too. They don't but have you, anyone. But if you get in, there's a chance. That's that's all I'm asking for is a chance. I want them to be good. I don't want them to have a one in a million chance to win the cup. That'd be great if they won they the cup, get but they're going to be awful again next year anyway, they, so what's the point? They need to get in or else either get in or tank because you don't want a mid-round All tank. I know is if they miraculously buy your optimistic view that no one else in this world has, if they win the cup, Minneapolis is – no, St. Paul is going to get torn down because that's where they play. St. Paul is going to be in flames. Man, hey, they play the Lightning tonight. You're going to watch. Lightning are down too, Greg. They're not playing that well either. Well, that's because the Lightning are just suffering from – <laughs> their defeat from Columbus still in the hey, playoffs. <laughs> tonight, if they win, watch out. Watch out, man. All right, Trav. They're coming back. They're playing better hockey. That's all we can ask for, right? When They're we wrap up hockey. our season four this spring, <laughs> we'll figure don't, something don't out. Don't look now. Don't call it a comeback. Get so this on record, James. At the end of around May record. 2020, when playoffs are starting, and we're wrapping up our we're senior the year of college. And we win the, we win the Stanley Cup. You can say I was leading that bandwagon. All I know is I was driving our producer James is just sitting there thinking how crazy you are. I led this bandwagon. Yeah, you you will be the king of this bandwagon. Yep, I should. But hey, be. Trav, and he, I know we said we weren't going to talk about anything from MMA, but it looks like he got something pretty interesting. Going. Greg, your boy Conor McGregor's coming back. McGregor Mash. Yep, he's scheduled to fight Donald Cowboy Cerrone. You know who Cowboy is? No, but I'm pretty sure you're going to tell me. I'm sure you've heard about him. I probably have. This fight's scheduled for January 18th at UFC 246 at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Does he? Greg, does this, McGregor have any belts anymore? No. He's been... He's, well, he lost to Khabib I know he, his last fight. So, he had those two when he won. He had won. the lightweight and... Yeah, lightweight and was, featherweight. Was featherweight. He and was then he had to give champ. one up, right? Yeah, he vacated the featherweight. Because he just didn't want to... He, he, he wanted to vend it. And Max Holloway beat Jose Aldo for it. Max but, and he's he's fighting pretty soon too. Two weeks. Anyway, so uh, yeah, McGregor's coming back. He's fighting Donald Cowboy Cerrone at 170. That's yikes. That's not really the fight that. If you ask me, I don't think Connor takes. I don't think he should take Cowboy, especially at 170. Because I know Cowboy used to fight at lightweight, which is 155. Yeah. That's a weight Connor used to fight at. So Cowboy's gone up then. And well, yeah, he's gone up. I mean, he was also that was a tough weight cut for Donald. But I really think this is really a tough fight for Connor. Especially if, like, if you're the UFC and you're looking at this and you want to schedule, like, a fight for Conor McGregor, Dana White obviously wants to promote Conor McGregor. Oh, yeah, because he makes money. He yeah, makes he, UFC but money. But why give him a guy like Cowboy Cerrone, who's, he has, like, I think he has the most fights in the UFC, out of everybody in the UFC, he has the most fights. And it's like, why do you schedule him a veteran like Cowboy Cerrone, who just recently has, was on a great winning streak, who just lost to Tony Ferguson, who's fighting Khabib? For the lightweight title, and he lost to Justin Gaethje, another top contender. Uh, probably because McGregor has a bigger ego than his monkey tattoo on his chest. But it's just if you're if you're Dana White, why do you give him such a tough opponent for your first fight back, well, especially at want... 170? Donald Cowboy is a different animal at 170. He's been fighting at 155, but he's a different animal at 170. It's well. harder. Easier cut for him mentally. It's a tough fight for him at 170. Well, then McGregor's got his work cut out till January 18th. And last time McGregor fought at 170, he lost Nate Diaz. So I mean, it's I don't know, man. So it's a tough you, fight for him. It's obviously a little far out to make a prediction, but you're you're gonna take Cerrone over McGregor. 
I don't know. I looked at the odds. McGregor's a minus two forty favorite over Cowboy. It's, so they're giving. It's kind of shocking to me, but it's also it's yeah, also a couple name months brand away. Reputation. But it's just man, if you're, I don't know what Dana White's I thinking. Don't I don't know why you give him Cowboy right away. I know it's McGregor. He's already a big name. You don't even really need to like build him up. But Cowboy at one seventy, like Connor's gonna have his work cut out for him. Won't be surprised if he lost though. Hey, so won't be surprised before if he we wrap lost. it up here. Did you hear that uh, Floyd Mayweather is broke again, so he's coming out of retirement? Yeah, I saw that. I saw some of the potential fights for uh, Maypac 2. What was the other one? You wanted to fight Khabib in a boxing match. Uh, please don't let Jesus. that happen again. You want to fight Khabib? Yeah, I mean, but go, Khabib's undefeated. Well, he's UFC. a wrestler. He's not a boxer. Well, that's what I mean. It makes it makes zero sense. The only reason the Conor McGregor fight with Mayweather made just a little bit of sense is because Conor is a good striker. That's the only way it made a little bit of sense, and because it was Conor McGregor, so you could promote so it at all who levels. Who is the best striker in the MMA? Well, McGregor, Stephen Thompson. There's a lot of so good strikers. I, I, what I want is the best boxer striker in the MMA to fight Floyd Mayweather. That's what I'm going to get at. So you know Jorge Masvidal, we're talking about lately. Yeah, he is a 170. Um, uh, Floyd usually fights at was it 145? Yeah, Floyd's yeah. a twig. So I mean, he's much smaller than Masvidal. So I think Masvidal will give him trouble with that just because he's bigger. But I don't see him fighting Masvidal. But I, man, I don't. If you're if you're if you're Floyd Money Mayweather and you're broke, you want to look for a fight that gives you the most money. Yeah. Which... So if you look at it, Maypack, Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, we've already seen that. Right, you no, know, it's yeah. gonna be hard to promote. They're both getting older, even though Manny Pacquiao just obliterated Keith Thurman in their last fight. Yeah, I think it's gonna be easier for uh, Floyd to make more money fighting Khabib, just because you can you can promote that on all levels. Khabib already has a great, huge following, and so does Floyd. Yeah, even though it's I'd a say Khabib, I'd go as far and say Khabib has a cult following. So it's like yeah, so it's like at that point, like how much money can you make fighting these UFC fighters when you know you're gonna win? So it's like at that point, why not just keep fighting these guys who you know you're going to beat, especially UFC guys like Khabib who has no stand-up whatsoever, instead of paying, instead of uh, fighting a guy like Manny Pacquiao who just KO'd Keith Thurman in his last fight. How about instead of having everyone come to Floyd's ring, how about he goes to them? That's what another thing. There's, I want to uh, see him get tossed around. There was like a, another thing with Conor McGregor that he was going to fight him with. UFC rules? Like a, limited, like UFC, limited rules. UFC, UFC rules. I don't know what the so exact. So no kickboxing? I don't know anything. Like, yeah, like Probably just be ground game and striking. Yeah, so I don't really know what those are going to be, but I would, I'd watch that if it was a mixture of MMA rules. Oh, I'd, I'd watch Floyd It's not MMA just straight boxing. going to get lit up. But don't, it's gonna, probably going to happen, but Khabib versus Floyd might happen just because they can promote that at all levels and make the most money for Floyd. Yeah, so. he, that man loves just making a billion dollars a match. Yeah, so it's just, man, that'd be interesting, but I'm getting, as a, as a UFC guy, I'm not really a fan of watching boxers win lopsided against UFC fighters. It's not really something I really want to watch. Fair enough, fair enough. But thanks, to everyone, for tuning in to Season 3, Episode 8 of Calling It Audible. You can catch us debating, laughing, and having fun all season long with our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. You can also follow us on Twitter at CallAudiblePod for updates, as well as links for two full episodes. For my co-host, Greg, and myself, thanks for listening. We'll see you again next episode. Calling an Audible is made possible through the assistance of the University of Minnesota Crookston Media Services Department and executive producer James Pogachnik. The views expressed on Calling an Audible are not necessarily the views of the University of Minnesota Crookston or its affiliates.